We all want to sign. Most of us want to make sure we know where we're going before we start the journey. And many of us, uh, we're kind of afraid we're going to go the wrong way, take a wrong step, do the wrong thing. So we're always looking for a sign. And when it comes to a sign or getting directions, I've often thought about what we used to do before Siri. Before I could just go Google Maps, um, I don't know if you know what this is, but this is called a Thomas Guide. I asked a bunch of our staff earlier, the young people, I'm like, do you know what this is? They're like, I have absolutely no idea. I've never even seen it. This is called a map. Uh, This was to help you get where you needed to go. Uh, I still can't read it and I still can't do it. My wife was a master at it. We would be in LA and she could do it. She was so fast. She was unbelievable. But this was how we got places. This is $35 still, you know, it's a classic. So um, you might not ever use it anymore, but this was the way we got places. And not only was she good at it, she was just so fast. It was the easiest thing for her to navigate and to get where we needed to go. But I looked and I think for some of us, it's the same way with our spiritual lives. We want a sign. We want a sign from God before we'll ever step out in faith for God. We want the destination to be set, fastest, easiest way, most convenient road established to get us where we want to go or where he wants us to go safely. And then we call that faith and say, all right, God, once we have all the answers, once we know what's going on, then we go, I'm in. And now, honestly, that might not be how it happens, but in our minds, many of us want a sign from God before we'll ever step out in faith for God. And many of us here today have been waiting on God to give us a sign for a really long time. Maybe it's a sign, or maybe some of us have even started to bargain with God. Maybe we've started to bargain with Him and banter with Him about what He wants from us, but before we give Him our lives, we gotta say, wait a minute, God, I need you to do this for me. Some of us tonight have not become followers of Jesus Christ yet because we're waiting for a sign. Like, God, if you do this, then I will follow you. If you uh, heal my wife, God, I will believe you are God. Or if you bless my business, or, or if you give me this deal, or if you take away my cancer, God, I'm in. You fill in the blank. God, you do this, and then I'll say yes to you. See, many times as human beings, we're just waiting to say yes till the yes is confirmed with a sign, and we know for certain that everything's going to work out all right. But here's what I know in my walk with Jesus Christ. It just doesn't work that way. He works more like the song that we just sang. That you're going to make a way when there seems to be absolutely no way. That God, you are the way maker and I have to trust you by stepping out in faith for you. If you were here last week, you heard uh, Kurt Warner, Super Bowl MVP, Hall of Fame quarterback. And he spoke about his life that really wasn't about the ultimate destination, but it was more about the journey. And see, it was along the journey that God was helping him become the man he needed to be so he could handle what was going to come his way and what he was going to go through and the platform that God was going to be giving him. See, he knew later on, looking back, he wasn't the person God needed him to be, and it took the journey. See, he was a great football player, but to, to honor God in the moments when he shined, he needed to become a great man. And that path to become a great man was a path of faith. And he was faithful to God and God was faithful to him and he continues 
to use him and his story today. So let me ask you, have you ever asked God for a sign? Have you ever asked God for a sign to give you courage to do something you know he has called you to do before you would ever step out and do it? Tonight, are you a person, if you're honest with yourself with God, you haven't had enough courage to step out in faith because honestly you just don't have enough signs from him to do what he wants you to do. Are you that person tonight that just keeps waiting for one more sign? Because if you're really honest, you're just fearful of letting go of control and letting him have control of your life. And tonight as we look at the text, here's what I want you to think about. What have you been waiting for a sign? And all along God has just been waiting for you. What have you been waiting for a sign and all along God has just been waiting for you? Tonight, if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to take them and turn to Exodus chapter 3. We want to look at this guy named Moses. And uh, we're going to see today that Moses learned that the success of the mission that God gave him will not be dependent on him getting a a sign from God, but it will be entirely dependent on his ability to trust in God, no matter how crazy the mission might be. The Israelites, they're God's chosen people. They're living as slaves in the region of Egypt. They're being oppressed and they're being mistreated. And so the people collectively cry out to God and God hears their cry and he relieves them from slavery. He does something about their condition and he calls this man, this 80-year-old man, the shepherd who is tending his sheep and minding his own business. And he says, Moses, I want you, you are the man that I'm calling to lead my people out. And I want to read the, the story of Exodus 3. And many of you read it, many of you know it, and it talks about the burning bush. And tonight, we're not going to focus on the burning bush, but we're going to come and focus on two particular scriptures, one that you probably never really looked at in this section. And we're going to see what it says to us about our journey of faith. But to give us some context, we've got to read the whole story, and it's a great one. So if you have your Bibles, or you can look on the screens, chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 14. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mount of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. In verse 5, he says, do not come any closer, God said, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this moment, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Parasites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. You say that a few times. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way of the Egyptians and the oppression that is coming upon them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. 
when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? And what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So Moses is just hanging out, minding his own business. And God meets him on the back 40 at 80 years old, tending some sheep. And he begins to talk to God and have a conversation. And as the story goes on, Moses looks at him and he said, hey God, give me a sign. Because like Moses, it wasn't enough that I just talked to you from a burning bush. And Moses goes, hey, it wasn't enough, God, not too big. Give me another sign. I need something else. See, Moses needed a sign because like us, a sign was supposed to come before something happens. Technically, that's what makes it a sign, right? But for Moses, the sign was going to come in the form of God's faithfulness when he actually looked back and saw his work. But that wasn't going to be until Moses actually did what God asked him to do. So here he is. He's hanging out. He gets this crazy message that you, 80-year-old man, you're going to go rescue my people. And God says, here's what I want you to know about the Israelites. Here's what I'm going to do. Look at verse 8 again. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Right there, that is language that includes certainty from God. God says, Moses, listen up. Make no mistake, I am going to do what I said I am going to do. I have come down to rescue my people. And Moses learns that the success of the mission will not be dependent on any sign our assurance for the future. Instead, it will be entirely dependent upon his ability to trust God and his word. See, Moses' initial response to God's mission is framed around his own inabilities and insecurities, which most of the time, if we're honest, it's probably what we do with God too, isn't it? Look at verse 11 after he tells him, I'm coming down, I'm going to rescue. He says, verse 11, Moses goes, hey God, who am I? (laughs) Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And I don't know about you, but I always wonder myself as human beings, how does it always become about us? God just made a bush talk, right? God tells him I'm gonna rescue all the people, right? This is God talking and Moses goes, hey, what about me? He was insecure, he was doubting, he was questioning God. And if you know anything about Moses, 40 years before, Moses knew who he was. He was the prince of Egypt, he was a Hebrew. He was God's chosen instrument to deliver Israel. But now 40 years have passed and he had been in the wilderness and he had been off tending sheep and here God comes and finally goes, hey Moses, it's your time. And he's like, wait a minute, who am I? Who am I that I should do this for you, God? But it really wasn't the right question, was it? The question for all of us is, who is God? The proper question is, God's identity and his plan was being given to Moses right there. And it's like, God, 
You are the God of heaven and earth. I shouldn't be questioning myself. I couldn't be asking you about me and who I am because I know who I am. And see, when we understand and know God and we identify with him as our creator and the giver of life and the giver of all things, when we know who he is, when we understand that it is this God that said, let there be light, and all of a sudden there was light. See, when we truly know the God that is with us and the God that is for us, when we know him, then we can step out confidently and boldly in faith. We can respond in this way instead of, who am I? We can say, God, how can I serve you and honor you with this life you've given me to live? But Moses says, who am I? You gotta have the wrong person, God. I'm not prepared for this. I can't be the one to speak to Pharaoh. I'm 80 years old. I'm a shepherd. There's got to be somebody else. And I love God's reaction to all of this. Because you know what God does? God doesn't answer him. Because I think God probably agrees with him. You're right, Moses. You can't do this. You're right, Moses. You're not that special. You're right, Moses. You're pretty old. You're impatient. You're selfish. You're too inexperienced. Even though you've lived 80 years, you can't do it. But when did it become about you, Moses, and what you could do? You see, God doesn't answer the question because what would he say that would bring any assurance to Moses? So he didn't give Moses any assurance about himself, but he did say, I'm going to point you back to me, and I'm going to tell you this one promise, and it is the only thing that you need to know. And tonight, these are the only five words that you need to know. God came to him when he asked that question, and he just said this, Moses, I will be with you. I know you're not all that I know you're just a shepherd but I will be with you you know what I found out at 53 years you can just take that to the bank God will be with you in Luke chapter 1 verse 37 when the angel came to speak to Mary and said you're going to be with child and you are carrying the son of God and she's like how can this be there's no way this could ever happen and the angel came and said this for no word from God will ever fail. See Moses doesn't get his question asked because it's the wrong question. God responds with I'm just going to be with you. And he's saying my promises are true and my presence will be there. You can have confidence in all that I say and all that I do. So look at verse 12 again. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You will worship God on this mountain. I don't know about you, but uh, when I face uncertainty or fear about what is ahead of me, I try to get confidence from God for what I need just to take the first step. Not all the answers, not the end, but I just want enough confidence and faith to take one step. But this passage gives us the insight that we're called to trust God in all things. And it doesn't matter about the first step, second step, third step, they're all the same with God. He just says, will you step towards me and just take a step? When I uh, became the pastor of this church in 2004, I remember going to all the meetings and, and uh, the elders had confirmed that I was the person and so they um, gave me the job description, they gave me all the details and they said, we'd love for you to go pray about this, but we want to offer you this job. And I went away and, and I, I prayed 
and I met with a couple of wise people, uh, and I said, I don't think I'm taking the job. And they said, we think that's the right thing to do. <laughs> and I remember walking back to the elders, and I said, um, I want to thank you. And there was just two of the elders, that so they were representatives, and I said, but, but I'm not the guy. <laughs> I, I'm not the one that God's calling here. Here's what I do. My wife and I will come back to this church and we'll help you find the right guy, but I'm not that. And they looked at me and they said, um, we don't like your answer. <laughs> and they said this, would you, go, would you go pray about it? Would you go pray another week? And I was like, sure, I'll pray, but <laughs> this is the answer. Now, you know, when you're young, a lot of times, Madi and I had talked about it, but I hadn't really confirmed with her the decision I had made before I walked in. That was not good of me. And I went home and I said, um, we started talking and she just looked at me and she said, I remember it, she said, um, yeah, Matthew, you are. You are supposed to go back. You are the person that's supposed to be the pastor of that church. And you know what I kept saying? But God, I'm, I'm 35. <laughs> uh, but God, uh, I'm in seminary right now. I haven't even finished my seminary degree. Um, God, uh, I haven't even preached a full sermon series. God, I've never been a senior pastor before. Hey, God, I've never built a building like this, this half built. I, I've never done that. I've never led a staff. I haven't even fired that many people. I don't even know what to do. And God said, I know. Isn't it great? And you know what happened over that week? God just came to me and I think he came to me like he did to Moses. And he said, Matthew, it's not about you. I'm not looking for your talent. I'm not looking for your ability. I'm not looking for all that you think that you are or that you aren't. That doesn't matter. Do you know that I'm God? I'm calling you back. And in that moment, it wasn't a calling that I actually wanted. And in my fear, we decided that we just said, we want to be a part of a God story. And I was afraid of failure. And I had to say, you know what, God? This is your church. It's still your church today. And whatever's going to happen, I have entrusted my life to you. So if you're calling me back, I'm going to say yes. And I said yes. But it wasn't until I got my eyes off of myself that I was able to take a step towards Jesus and it wasn't until then that I look back now, some 18, 19 years later, and I've often thought when I sit here on Easter or Christmas or even tonight when these people walk by and do their testimonies, or I watch people get baptized and I go, look what I would have missed. Look what I would have missed if I'd have said no to God because I was scared to death of who I wasn't. And God was just saying, do you know who I am? And he comes to Moses and he says, listen up, Moses. I will be with you. And I'm going to rescue my people. And I'm going to be the one. And when you trust in me, I'm going to do more than you could ever imagine. And one thing that I have learned, not just from Moses' story, but from my story, is that signs don't bring us faith. They just don't bring us faith. They merely serve to underline what we already believe. 
the most compelling signs are revealed to us after our faith is exercised. After we take a step towards Jesus, not before many times, because only in looking back do we see all that God did. Moses had to act by faith first. And when he takes a step and takes the Israelites out of Egypt, the sign he has asked for will be seen in the faithfulness of him and the faithfulness of the mission. There's another significant word choice in this verse. Let's look at it again. Verse 12, God said to you, I will be with you. This will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. He says, hey, when you have brought the people out of Egypt, God does not say if you bring the people out of Egypt. God seems to have no doubt in Moses and invites Moses to gain his confidence through trusting in God and his word. And Moses is given assurance that what God says, well, Moses will do. And it's going to happen. And God indicates all of this before Moses has even decided if he's going to do it or not. So Moses, listen up. When you have brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, I will give you that sign. I just want to let you know, that should be really great comfort to all of us tonight. It should be really great comfort when we think about God's faith and his faithfulness to us. Because see, God believes in every single one of us before we believe in ourselves. And when he chooses us for a task, he is willing to stake his success to our response and our actions. And think about it. He knows us better than we even know ourselves. And we have to, all we have to do is believe God for what is going to happen and take a step towards him and his will for us. See, Moses' success depended on God's power. So God had only one requirement for Moses. Trust me, Moses. Trust me. And that is all Moses will need. But for Moses, it just was never enough. He always wanted a little more. And this might be the important point of the passage when it comes to faith. God wants to be with us. God wants to to lead us rather than merely, merely just send us along by ourselves in our own way. And the stronger our relationship is with God, the more we get to do for God. See, faith is this. It is trusting and believing in God without seeing any signs from God. It's trusting and believing in God without seeing any signs from God. Faith missions only fail when they never take place. But you know what I know about Moses? Because it's the same thing I know about you. One sign just wasn't enough. And if you are a person who is always waiting on God to just give you one more sign and one more sign, you are not alone. This week, your assignment, I want you to read chapter 4 of Exodus. Because look at chapter 4. Here's what happens. God tells him, I want you to go to the elders. Here's what I want you to do. You're going to free all the Israelites. I have called you. And Moses says, well, what if they don't believe me? So God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that staff that's in your hand. I want you to throw it on the ground. And he throws it on the ground. Guess what happens? It turns into a snake. He says, pick it back up. He picks it back up. It turns back into a staff. And then he says, here, I want you to put your hand inside your cloak. And Moses puts his hand inside his cloak. He says, now pull it out. And it was leprosy. He had leprosy all over his hand. He said, now put it back in. He put it back in and the leprosy was gone. And he said, and if they don't listen, here's the third thing I want you to do. I want you to go take water from the Nile and I want you to dump it on the ground and it will become blood right before their very eyes. So God comes 
After Moses said, man, I'm not your man. Give me a sign. He gave him one. He gave him two. He gave him three. And then Moses says this. He says, hey, I can't speak. You know me. I stutter. I'm not your guy. And God says, come on, man. Verse 11, chapter 4. Who has given human beings mouths? It's basically like he just runs through. Do you remember who I am? Let me remind you once again. And Moses said this, God, please, please just find somebody else. And verse 14 says, this is the thing I've always been afraid of when I disobey God, is that God's anger burned towards Moses. He was like, you have got to be kidding me. Taken a rod and turned it into a snake and turned it back. I've taken your hand and turned it into leprosy. I've taken water and turned it into blood. And now you tell me you can't speak. Really? And now you tell me get somebody else. Really? But who's he like? He's like you and me. Because every time we look at ourselves and say, We can't do it, God. I don't have enough, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. And God said, When has it ever been about? And tonight, some of you are waiting for God to give you a sign, and God has just been waiting for you. And some of you, your life is all over the map. You've been going left, you've been going right. You can't find your way. And God's just saying, I am here to make a way for you. Here's what I know about every single one of us. God has a calling on your life. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a calling on your life. Yet some of us have continually said no over and over and over again. And today, he's just waiting for a few of you to say yes. Yes. How many of you have seen the movie Top Gun? Oh, is it good? If you haven't, I'm going to tell you I don't recommend movies. Go see Top Gun. Here's what I know. Everybody I see, it's like, have you seen Top Gun? You know what I say? Oh, go see it. You got to go see it. It's unbelievable. If you haven't watched the first Top Gun, go watch the first Top Gun. It's the most cheesy movie. I can't even believe I loved it back in the day. But now you watch the next one and you're like, oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. But you know what we say? We go, go see it. You gotta see it. Here's what I just wanna say to you. If you've never said yes to Jesus today, I'm just gonna say, you gotta say yes. You gotta see, yeah, you gotta see. Scripture says this, come and see what the Lord has done. Come and experience the goodness of who God is. I just wanna invite you tonight to say yes to God. I don't know what his faith story is for you. I don't know what he's trying to do in and through your life, but you're never gonna know until you step out in faith and say yes to him. And for some of you, he's just waiting on you. I wanna invite you in. Because there's no greater story to be a part of. See, Hebrews 11, the writer says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. See, we have an assurance of what we hope for. That Jesus died on a cross, but it wasn't just for that. He didn't die to stay in the grave. He rose again on the third day so that we might have life. And tonight, a couple people are going to be baptized. And we're going to celebrate and we're going to scream. We're going to say, because they said we're dying to ourselves. And when they go in the water, they're dying to themselves. And they're saying, I'm now going to live for Christ. So they are being baptized. And going under the water is just really an expression of what God has already done in their heart. And they're saying, I'm dying to myself. And I'm coming up. I'm rising to new life. To say, Jesus, I am going to live for you. See, it's the assurance of what we hope for. 
and the conviction of things we haven't even seen yet. If you could have told me in 2004 when I sat across from those two elders and I said, no, I'm not coming back. If you would have just played out, not the bad stuff that happened, all the good things that have happened. Because if you would have played the bad stuff, I probably would have gone, yeah, I'm not in. But if you would have shown me what this church has been able to do over the last 18 years, and I could have seen it, there's no way I would have said no. And I don't want to miss out on what God has for me in the future because I'm a little bit fearful or I'm a little bit insecure or I think I don't have enough talent. I don't. And neither do you. But that's not what God wants from us. He just wants you. And when you say yes, he will make a way. I love what Tony Evans says. He said this about faith. Faith is this, acting like God is telling the truth. This is what Noah said. Sometimes faith will make you look stupid until it starts to rain. I don't know that Noah said that. I just saw it on the internet. But sometimes (laughs) faith will make you look stupid until it starts to rain. See, here's what you need to understand. Blessing comes through your obedience. You want blessings in your life? I don't know what those blessings are. You need to be obedient to God. And when you're obedient to God, the blessings come. And it's different than you would ever think. But the blessings don't come in disobedience. See, God is looking for some of you to say yes today. And some of you are still going to wait for more signs. And just like Jim Carrey, for 30 minutes now, God just put a huge sign right in front of you in this message. Did you see it? Did you hear it? Just substitute your name for Moses. But God, I, I can't talk. But God, I'm not qualified. But God, but God, but God. And he said, I will, I will, I will. So as I close tonight, let me just ask you a couple questions for you to think about. In what area of your life is God asking you to trust him for what is ahead? Some of you know tonight that that God's been placing something on your heart or somebody or some job or something and you've just been saying no. In what area of your life is God asking you to trust him for what is ahead? Second thing is this. Is who or what is on the other side of your no to God? Who or what is on the other side of your no to God? See, that's one thing you don't know. You don't know who's the other, on the other side of your no. Somebody is. When all my kids just came home for a couple weeks, and I, I, when they're gone... It, you know, it's kind of quiet and it's kind of nice. And then when they're home, it's a little louder and, and that's nice too. Uh, but I, I started thinking as they would leave just how grateful I am for this place. For a place for 18 years where they got to grow up and they've heard about Jesus 
and they know Jesus. And the other day, I got in my daughter's car just to move it up the, the driveway. And on her dashboard was a post-it note with Psalm like 3710. And I sat there and I read it. And I went, that's pretty cool. When your 18-year-old has a little post-it note and it's scripture. And I go, God, thank you for this place. Thank you for the people of friends that love my kids. Thank you for the people that still love them. And I don't know where they'd have been if we didn't come back here. But I'm so glad that I trusted in God and not myself. And I invite you to do the same. I want you to see God work. I want it to be, for me, as exciting as telling somebody about Top Gun. I want to see God work in your life. So tonight, we can see a couple people say yes. But I'm inviting you to say yes. And I don't know what that is. But let me just ask you this. What if you've been waiting for a sign? And all along, God has been waiting for you. I pray he doesn't have to wait any longer. I pray you will say yes and see the miracles of God in your life and in what you do. Would you stand with me? God, thank you. Uh, Thanks for uh, this place called Friends. Thank you for what you're doing among us. Thank you for our campuses and our teachers and our leaders. And thank you for the next generation of of people that are just growing up in this place. And tonight we thank you, God, that you have a plan for every single one of us. And some tonight uh, might be a plan uh, they didn't even know, but tonight they are not following you, Jesus, but tonight they're going to just say yes to you. That right now in this moment, um, Jesus, they would just uh, give their lives over to you and just saying, Lord Jesus, I want to know you. And I invite you right now in this moment to be my Savior, to be my Lord. And God, I I thank you for those that are going to proclaim your saving grace in their lives. And tonight, as, as we celebrate baptisms, I want to thank you for every person that is here. I want to thank you that whether they're 80, 90, 60, 20, their story is not done being written. And that God, you're just looking for them to say yes. So for whatever that means for all of us on our journey with you, may you do something to ignite our faith tonight. That we would be people who would be compelled, just like our mission, to go and change our world. Because God you came and changed us. So we thank you for the celebration we get to have. And we thank you for your goodness and grace in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.